the Fantasy Football Welcome to the Fantasy Football Beat, the podcast that will never let your team die in darkness. I am not Mike Hume, but I am Des Beeler, filling in as host and willing to spend as much time or as little on the semifinal results of the Washington Post League as my co-host desires. I'm Jeff Tooley, and I would say a moderate amount. Uh, starting <laughs> with Des Beeler, you're going for an undefeated season, which I've never witnessed before in, I think, 10 years of playing fantasy football in any of my leagues. Pretty exciting stuff. I will not be the one facing you. Uh, sadly, I, uh, I went out in the semifinals. Yeah, you had expressed a lot of excitement about possibly being the one to knock me off, playing the Giants to my Patriots. I don't really want to talk about it too much, but we've already brought it up on the podcast, and so I agree. I've never seen a 16-0 and season, and I'd be delighted to make that happen. You unfortunately got girlied like a lot of people did. I, cer- I, mean, <laughs> I certainly did. 44 points, uh, as he put up in, in uh, most PPR leagues. Uh, that, that ran me over pretty good. I had a higher point total than Dez. You did, Not yes. that it really matters, but I do like bringing that up. No, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, fair so, point. You scored so more than I did. if we been in the semis, I would have uh, toppled the champ. Unfortunately, that's not how it works. <laughs> uh, you got to play. I, I don't know if I was in the Woodward or the Bernstein division, which, by the way, are the names of the Washington Post uh, Fantasy Football League divisions. Uh, yep. Whichever one I was in, I was knocked out of. Right. Uh, but enough talk about Week 15. We need to look ahead to Week 16, which is only the most important week of the fantasy season. And our big idea this week is how to think about certain players and situations of interest during the fantasy football championship round. The big idea. Get him off your team. Drop him now. He could be the surprise of the 2017 season. That guy is a walking ACL team. Oh, yeah. He's a major sleeper. All right. To discuss players of interest in Week 16, we have the extraordinary honor of being joined by Brandon Marion Lee. She does videos for FantasyAlarm.com, and she is a host on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. She also the CEO of HerFantasyFootball.com, and you can find her on Twitter as well. You should at Brandon Her FFB. Brandon, how are you doing? Oh, fantastic! Happy holidays, everybody. It's the best time of year. Yeah, it's a fantastic time of year, especially if you're alive in Week 16. So obviously, a player of interest in Week 16 is Ezekiel Elliott. Now, we're not bringing him up to tell people whether they should start or sit him. Unless, unless you have a hot take there, Brandon. Are you saying people should not start Ezekiel Elliott? Let's, let's start with that. No, no, no. I definitely would not be that person. <laughs> exactly. Like, it seems like he's going to hit the ground running, literally. He told Eric Dickerson he wanted to run for 200 yards, in fact, in his return to the NFL after, we all know, a six-week suspension. Uh, the Cowboys will likely give him every chance to do so. But do you feel like expectations maybe just need to be tempered a little bit considering he's up against a Seattle run defense that at least used to be good until it was just roasted by Todd Gurley? Well, it really wasn't all that great, actually. I mean, the week before that, Fournette went for over 100 yards and scored. Um, you know, they, they've actually, you know, the problem is they've just been hit by the injury bug, and a lot of people have, and so that's not a surprise. Uh, so I, I usually don't sit studs against the, the Seattle Seahawks for the run game uh, any time, actually. Uh, but certainly this week with Ezekiel Elliott coming back, seeing what Todd Gurley just did, and as I said, Fournette the week before, I think, I think he's good to go. I want to stay with that game, Brandon, and uh, switch to the other side of the ball. Jimmy Graham, the Seahawks tight end, has had a rough go of it lately. Uh, Any circumstances in which you should be starting uh, Jimmy Graham against the Cowboys this week? Uh, You know, I think they will bounce back this week against Dallas. Dallas is kind of middle of the road against tight ends. You know, I think the real problem here is that 
finally people saw with the Jaguars game that Russell Wilson is the only thing happening on this offense, and he just simply couldn't do it two weeks in a row, and it wasn't surprising. You know, he just got roasted by the Rams because he had to play two great back-to-back defenses, and it just was not going to happen. So, I, you know, the problem is, is that if you look at the tight end position, each week it's kind of a dart throw. I, literally, the top ten, there's only a couple names that are always there. Other than that, if you don't have those guys, you got to play the matchups. So, I, I mean, I guess I would say I wouldn't start him, but I also know that a lot of us are in desperate times here. I'm not quite sure I would take another dart throw over him. If you made it to your championship anyway, maybe you're A-OK, you know, because for two games he's had only negative one yard. So, I mean – there's not a lot of good options out there. It's too bad. Yeah, I think I think it, a good option, at least for the Pro Bowl, would have been Evan Engram. I think he got snubbed a little bit by Jimmy Graham in, in that in that regard. Of course, that was by the voters. Uh, speaking of Pro Bowlers, Antonio Brown is out at least for the rest of the regular season. Uh, you know, and that leaves some questions about the Steelers wide receivers. It is a pretty nice looking matchup. They're at the Texans, a secondary that's allowing the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers. But then again, when you say it's at the Texans, that means it's on the road where Ben Roethlisberger is sort of notoriously worse in his career. Although this year, actually, it's mostly just been a matter of volume. He actually has a higher adjusted yards per attempt on the road than at home, but he's averaging just 33.1 attempts uh, on, in road games as opposed to 42.9 on, on, uh, at home. Um, I guess it's just a roundabout way of saying, like, can we trust uh, some combination of Juju Smith-Schuster, Martavis Bryant, or even Eli Rogers? Is is he likely to come out of the woodwork here in, in this matchup? Oh, yeah. See, I'm not going to go the Eli Rogers route, not in your championship game. I'm maybe uh, in a DFS kind of dart throw way, but uh, to me, I just don't think they'll need him. I, I'm very into Juju and Martavis this week. Houston's been just unbelievably bad at defending the pass all season long. It wasn't just last week where they gave up 186 yards and a touchdown to Keelan Cole and then also two touchdowns to Jaden Mixon. Uh, you know, they've surrendered 16 touchdowns to wideouts this season, which is tied for the third most. 2,361 receiving yards to wide receivers. That's the fifth most. Uh, so I feel fine. You know, the thing with Ben Roethlisberger's home and away splits is that it was a little bit nutty this year because his home games were terrible over the first half of the season. It was Minnesota, Jacksonville, and Cincinnati. I mean, that, those are tough yeah. defenses. Or before all of Cincinnati got hurt, that is, of course, um, on the defensive side of the ball, actually playing the Steelers after the fact. But, um, yeah, so he he was kind of bad at home, actually, at the beginning of the season. So. It's a little bit all over the map, but right now I'm not going to sit anyone on the Steelers while they're on a hot streak. I just won't do it. So one of the more surprising December developments has been uh, Blake Bortles. Now, I've had a phobia of of using him in any capacity in fantasy football. He's been sort of uh, a possible streaming option these last few weeks, but he's been on fire in in December. Uh, The Jaguars are playing at the 49ers this week. Uh, What should fantasy owners do with Blake Bortles? Yeah, I'm playing Blake Bortles for sure. I, I, I picked him up in leagues. I put him in. I did a couple weeks ago. Uh, it wasn't just last week against Houston either. Um, it's, it's also, you know, of course, you know, Houston is not good, which is why I said, you know, uh, start off the Steelers. But, you know, I know that the 49ers defense has improved mightily over the last few weeks with kind of this Jimmy G bump. But Bortles has been good in differing matchups. He has 18 or more fantasy points in each of his last four, which is against the Cardinals, the Colts, Seahawks, and Texans. 16 or more points, though, in in the last six of his last seven, 
and that includes Cincinnati before, as I said, everyone got hurt, the Chargers, and Cleveland. And ironically, his worst game was against the Browns. That was the only time he was in single digits, basically. So he's even a consistent option. I just don't see him scoring anything less than 16 points, I think would be just that he falls on his face against the 49ers. But I think it's going to be more like a 20-point game for him this week. So, yeah, and you know what? I'm going to be honest. It's embarrassing, but I have ridden Blake Bortles to many a fantasy championship. <laughs> you know, you got to yeah. do it sometimes, you guys. <laughs> look at the numbers. <laughs> There's no asterisk there is what you're saying. They, they haven't taken away the trophies yet. But, I mean, I, I wouldn't blame them. It's embarrassing, but it's true. Well, we can't talk about Bortles without bringing up his receivers as well because there are some names of interest there. You've got Keelan Cole went crazy last week. Somebody named Jaden Mickens caught two touchdowns. And then D.D. Westbrook, who was kind of a fantasy darling, only went two for 21. Uh, Marquise Lee may miss this game at the 49ers. Now there's a report that Alan Hearns, may he's returned to practice and maybe he'll play. I mean, is there anybody you would want to start out of that receiver group? Yeah, I picked up Keelan Cole everywhere about two weeks ago um, when he started doing the touchdowns. I just thought that their schedule was very favorable down the stretch, um, and everyone was on this D.D. Westbrook train, which is great. It was a, a nice train. I think it might be an okay train moving forward. I don't think Jaden Mickens is coming back to, like, score two touchdowns every week. I, uh, I think that was, you know, lovely. You know, congrats to him. I'm glad, you know, hopefully he'll be able to get a contract next season and what have you. Um, I think we need to count Marquise Lee out for this week. Um, they say he'll be back, hopefully, for playoffs, meaning their playoffs. So I don't see a world where that happens. If Alan Hearns comes back, okay. But he ha- wasn't incredibly effective to begin with. Kalen Cole's just this really, like, fun player that's been able to go down the field. You know, obviously caught seven of his nine targets for, again, 186 yards of touchdown. Um, but, you know, it's interesting. Three weeks in a row with a touchdown – he has three or more catches and 30 more yards in all but one game since the Jaguars' bye in week eight. I just think he's a legitimate consideration if you lost Antonio Brown or Marquise Lee. Uh, again, I, I know San Francisco has gotten better, but I'm still not afraid of them, and especially when they're going up against the Jags' defense that's going to put uh, the Jags' offense in good field position, which is part of the reason why Bortles been, has been so good, let's be honest. So. It's intriguing to me. I, I, I definitely like him the best out of all those options. So for our third straight question on the Jaguars-Niners <laughs> game, I want to ask you about Carlos Hyde. It's a must-watch uh, game. The, the Niners running back, he's been uh, sort of a tough guy to figure out uh, this year, sort of had a, a successful season overall, but uh, some disappointing games in there. The Jaguars' defense, everyone's talking about it, best in the NFL this season, maybe more so in pass defense. Um, uh, both starting corners are, are pro bowlers and, and A.J. Bouye and, and Jalen Ramsey. But how do you like Carlos Hyde going up against that Jaguars defensive front? Yeah, I don't like it at all. And I would sit him if I had him under any circumstance. I just think that since they got Marcel Darius, it's been a completely different defense. The last time that any running back has scored a touchdown, it was a receiving touchdown by Duke Johnson. It was in week 11. The last 100-yard performance was in week 6 when Todd Gurley went to town on them. But, you know, that was before this trade. I, I just think that you can't run on the Jags. And Carlos Hyde isn't the checkdown guy anymore, which is part of his, like, fantasy appeal earlier in the season. Jimmy G just doesn't use him that way. So I just think there's just very little upside there, and I think you could probably find a better option. Well, we, we would love to keep talking about the uh, Jags 49ers game for the rest of the segment, but we probably should move <laughs> on. Let's get to another running back. I am referring to C.J. Anderson of the Broncos. They're at the Redskins. Anderson was 
a guy who, who certainly was drafted in all leagues, and there were some hopes that he could be a running back too. Then he, looked, and he pretty much was useless for a lot of the season. Almost looked like he got overtaken by Devontae Booker, but in the past three weeks, he's vastly outtouched Booker. And now he gets a you know, fairly mediocre Redskins defense coming off a big game against the Colts. I mean, do you like him as a start here? Do you think he's reliable at this point? Has he sort of come back to the circle of trust, as it were? Yeah. Oh, man. I could go off about this forever, but I will keep it pithy. I'm a Denver Broncos fan, born and raised. So, um, unfortunately, Uh I've been watching the massacre unfold in real time, and it's just disastrous. Um, I did include C.J. Anderson and actually Keelan Cole in a video that I do every week called Trust Them or Dust Them, basically talking about breakout performances and whether or not you can trust them the, the following week. And for me, it's like I'm not quite trusting C.J. Anderson, but I don't think you can ignore his volume at this point moving forward, especially in this matchup against Washington, right? So C.J. Anderson ran for 158 yards and you know got those 30 carries against the Colts on Thursday night football. The week prior, though, he got 22 carries. He only went for 48 yards against the Jets. But listen, I mean, if you're going up against Washington and if they're going to roll out maybe Paxton Lynch or who knows who, a quarterback at this point, I would think that they would stay dedicated to the run. Now, the Broncos have messed that up before. They just <laughs> refuse to yep. give him the, the touches. So that could happen again. But it looks like maybe they're turning around here and realizing that they've made a huge mistake. Washington's the bottom 10 at defending the run. It's a great option for a usually scary fantasy guy like Anderson, but I don't think you can ignore it. If you're asking me if I would rather take a chance with Carlos Hyde or C.J. Anderson, I think I might go Anderson based on volume and matchup. I just don't see Hyde having any way of getting to 100 yards or maybe even an end zone, frankly, at all against the Jags as opposed to Anderson, I think has some serious chances against the Washington team that's very deflated at this point. Another guy who... You know, I can't believe that he's still upright as Kirk Cousins because he's also kind of pulling a Russell Wilson right now where he's just running the whole thing on his own, and it's just bad. Yeah, he's taking some hits this year. He, he was talking about that this week, more beat up than he's been in uh, in previous seasons. Yeah, the Redskins even certainly, uh, there might be opportunity there. They haven't been uh, particularly stout against the run this year, and they've also been injury ravaged on that side of the ball. Yeah, I was I was sort of wondering, I mean, you're a Broncos fan, so this would be a good question for you. Like, I was sort of thinking, like, maybe playing C.J. Anderson depends on if Brock Osweiler, like, God forbid, like, he's the better option here. If he plays, maybe you have higher hopes for the offense than if Paxton Lynch gets the start, which I think the Broncos would like, but I don't think that's been decided just yet. But you're saying if Lynch plays, then they're more likely to pound the ball, and maybe that could work out better for Anderson? Well, I don't know. I think it's about the same. They're very bad, both of them. I don't even know what to say. Other <laughs> yeah. than that. <laughs> none, none of the Broncos quarterbacks are in Brandon's circle of trust. No. That's what she's telling no, us right now. They are so outside my circle. Dust all I of them. Don't even, oh, they are, they are so dusty that if you have allergies, you die. It's just terrible. <laughs> no, no, no. Terrible. All right. Well, I had one last question. Uh, I just w- kind of wanted to look ahead to next year. I'm in the pl- the consolation bracket of a league where I didn't make the uh, actual playoffs, but I'm in the final, and the winner of the final gets to pick his spot in next year's draft. And I was sort of thinking, like, maybe I want the fifth – if I win, maybe I want the fifth spot. If you think that next year's draft will start off with Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, Antonio Brown, Zeke Elliott, and David Johnson, and then it gets a little unclear after that, maybe Fournette or DeAndre Hopkins – Do you think that makes sense, or do you think I should just go with, like, a top two pick and and not try to get too cute with it? Well, when do you have to decide this? Yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) I'm going to take as long as humanly possible, just (laughs) in case, you know, injuries get in the way. Let's just say maybe a couple months. 
Yeah, I like to. So here's like the general like fantasy rule for for people. I do not sign up for drafts, and I certainly don't spend any money, and I don't make any decisions until after the NFL draft. If you can just make sure in whatever kind of you know uh, document that you have with your league that pretty much everything happens up, because you just never know after that point, right? And I, I think that things really start to sort themselves out as to what the rules are, free agency's done, what have you. Um, and also, you know how people are healing up after injury. Remember, we thought Andrew Luck for sure was going to be back, and it was actually, you know, will Marcus Mariota or Derek Carr make it back? Oh, wow, that was completely different. You know, even Cam Newton, his shoulder, we thought he'd be fine, and really the first few weeks he was not, let's just be honest. So um, for me, I think it's as long as these guys all stay healthy, then that's one thing. Uh, but, yeah, when you go with the – with the fifth pick, what you're also thinking is that you have a lot of people that you like in that second and third round in the middle. You know, are you going to stretch out for, let's say, like a Adam Thielen, or is do you think Devontae Freeman's going to still be the guy and you can get him in the second round or right. what have you? So that's what I would look at is actually more – because everyone in the first round is going to be pretty good. But the second round, you know – that's second and third. That's where you like having that later pick. So I'm okay with that. I'm 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 down. I'm down. Yeah, it's, that's good advice to uh, try to at least push it back till after the NFL draft because that does answer a lot of sort of fantasy questions about who's got jobs and you know who's getting pushed to the back of the curb, uh, so to speak. All right, Brandon, we really appreciate your input. So much good info from you. And uh, to our listeners again, be sure to check out her work on FantasyAlarm.com, SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio, HerFantasyFootball.com. And at Twitter, at Brandon Her FFB. Brandon, thanks so much. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Brandon. Stock Watch. Stock Watch. All right, it's time for this week's Stock Watch. Des, lead us off. Who is up this week? All right, I'm going to go with Antonio Gates. Uh, he's at the Jets. They're not a very imposing defense. Uh, the most important thing here is that there's no Hunter Henry around anymore. You know, uh, for long for a while, Antonio Gates was a thorn in Hunter Henry's side, uh, but now Henry is out, almost literally with a pain in his side. He suffered a lacerated kidney, which Oof. is a weird injury that also happened to Keenan Allen. Uh, re- you know, not that long ago. So I don't know what's going on with the Chargers, but Hunter Henry is out, which means that Gates is going to get whatever work they're giving to the tight ends at this point is going to go to him. I mean, he's in his 15th season and he's been looking like it. He only has 20 catches for 189 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he only has five catches for 45 yards in his touchdown in his past six games, but certainly has a chance to step up for the final two games. Not only is Hunter Henry out, Austin Eckler is out with a broken hand, you know, and he's sort of a pass-catching back that might have siphoned yep. away a few looks. And Keenan Allen, I don't know if we were sure we're going to get from him. He left their last game with a back injury. So, you know, if, if he's kind of banged up for this game, that just opens up more potential targets for Gates. Along those lines, uh, in terms of tight ends benefiting from injuries, definitely worth mentioning Cameron Brait stock up as well. O.J. Howard is out for the season with the ankle injury he suffered at the end of that touchdown he scored against the Falcons. So Brait stock was already kind of up just with James Winston back, and now it's up some more. Yeah, for the Chargers, you know, they're still not at a playoff hunt. They've still got a chance if they win out, uh, you know, some uncertainty both in the AFC West and, and also in the wildcard picture. So they got a lot to play for at the Jets this week. This next guy on your list is somebody I remember. He came up in the preseason discussion. I actually liked him. Hasn't, ha, didn't really happen for quite a while, but no. maybe some opportunity now for uh, Kendall Wright. Exactly. Uh, Kendall Wright, uh, he's playing the Browns, so that's always a good matchup. And then you look what he's done for the past couple of weeks. 
Uh, just last week, he had seven catches on 13 targets for 81 yards. This was after getting 11 targets the week before, caught 10 of those for 107 yards. So he's sort of dominating in the term, terms of the target share for the Bears. I mean, it is the Bears' offense, so take it for what it's worth. But if he's going to get double-digit targets and go for 80-plus yards, I mean, that, that's a name of interest, especially when it appears that Dontrell Inman has just fallen off the radar. Like, he sort of stepped up. You know, when, when Cameron Meredith went down, we weren't sure who the Bears were going to throw to. It looked like Inman was the guy for a while, but he's done nothing since Week 12. The other wide receivers there, Marcus Wheaton, Josh Bellamy, Tanner Gentry. I mean, Kendall Wright has by far the best pedigree out of those guys. So, you know, if you're kind of desperate, if you're in a PPR league in particular and you're kind of desperate for a flex guy, I think you could do a lot worse than him in a matchup, as I said, against the Browns. The Bears really need to get some pass catchers for Mitch Trubisky next year. Uh, in the down column, both of these guys went, uh, at least in the first three rounds, in some drafts they went in the first two rounds, uh, starting with A.J. Green, the Bengals wide receiver. Why is he on the down list? Uh, because of what he's been doing on the field. It just <laughs> hasn't been great, man. I mean, I'm don't not sure I'm gonna, we're going to see him going in the first rounds of next year unless he really, like, ends with a bang here. I mean, last week, okay, it was a touch matchup, tough matchup against the Vikings, but it's still A.J. Green. You might have hoped for more than two catches for 30 yards on four targets, and it wasn't just that. That was his seventh game with less than four, 75 yards and no touchdown. So he's had seven games where he's essentially kind of burned you if, if you started him. And that's not what you're looking for from a supposedly elite commodity. So, sorry to cut you off. No, no, Would you start him this week against the Lions? He's probably drawing Darius Slay in coverage. He's one of the better cover corners in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, that's what, you know, exactly. He's sort of out of the frying pan into the fire. I mean, Slay's been excellent. Uh, so I think it's a tough start. But, it's again, it's A.J. Green. He's right. got so much talent. You know, it would help if the Bengals would just go to A.J. McCarron at quarterback instead of <laughs> trotting out Andy Dalton. But it doesn't look like they have any interest in doing that, even though their season's going nowhere. Over at Fantasy Pros, uh, the combined a- aggregate expert rankings, A.J. Green is ranked eighth. So clearly everyone is viewing him as, as a must-start this week. I, I just think, yeah, you probably spent a lot of draft capital on him. Y- you know, he does have that ability to go off. It's just yep. that you haven't really seen it. He hasn't topped 77 yards in any of his past five games, and he's done it just once in his past nine. Uh, that said, I, I don't really not sure how you can bench him, and even against Darius Slay, who's who's uh, the NFC Defensive Player of the Week, I think AJ Green, you probably have to trot him out there and just kind of cross your fingers. You'd have to have a really impressive wide receiving core or flex options to to go away from him this week. Certainly, the other guy on your stock down list, Lamar Miller, the Texans running back, draws the Steelers this week. Uh, what do you make of his uh, his situation recently? Yeah, he's been a disappointment of late. Uh, He only had 33 total yards last week. He's had no more than 60 total yards in three of his past four games. And he hasn't rushed. You know, he's been inefficient even when he has gotten touches. He hasn't hasn't rushed for more than 3.7 yards per carry since week 10. And he hasn't scored in his past three games. So he hasn't been giving you a lot of yardage, and he hasn't been scoring of late. And the one thing that's concerning is he doesn't seem to have a major role in the passing game, and that's a problem, obviously, when the Texans fall way behind, as they certainly did last week against the Jags when they got slaughtered. And now they're playing the Steelers, and even without Antonio Brown, I mean, we just talked about the Steelers' wide receivers, and Brandon was was very optimistic about them. I mean, the Steelers could pile up some points, and then is that going to take Lamar Miller out of the game again? Yeah, he's been a real disappointment for them the last two years, and certainly from for his fantasy owners as well. Um, and I think you know there was some hope when Deshaun Watson was in there that that offense came alive. It's just not that way right now. Value pick. All right, Jeff, who are you liking as a value pick this week? I'm going to go with Stephon Diggs, the Vikings wide receiver. Uh, they draw the Packers this week. Diggs, actually a local uh, a local guy here in the D.C. area, went to Good Council High School and then University of Maryland. 
you know, he he's sort of had uh, he's only had two touchdowns since September. Um, so, you know, he's been a little bit of a disappointment to his owners, but his targets have remained high. Uh, he did have 30 yards and a score last week. He gets a really good matchup against a weak Packers secondary. The other thing about Green Bay is, you know, they, they kind of went last week. They were hoping Aaron Rodgers was running to the rescue. They sort of had playoffs on their mind again to have another one of these miracle runs. Uh, now they've lost. They're, they're eliminated from the playoffs, and Rodgers has been shut down. So I think sort of it's going to be a tough it's going to be a tough ask for that Packers team to really get up for this one, and they were already limited at the cornerback position. So I do think you have to upgrade both Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, who's probably on that sort of fringe line. Do you start him at the flex spot? I think depending on your options, he, he can make a lot of sense this week. Yeah, I think I think it would be a very much a, a matchup-based decision there to start Stephon Diggs because, as you, as you I mean, you were sort of understating things when you said he's been a little bit of a disappointment. I mean, since week five, he's a wide receiver 50 in PPR formats. He has two TDs that stretch and single game highs of six catches and 78 yards. So he hasn't done better than, than that in any of those games since then. He's averaging 44.8 yards per game over his past five. But as you said, the Packers are a very pliant secondary. The morale is probably way low. So yeah, I think Stephon Diggs probably makes for a pretty good start there. Who's your value choice this week? I'm going with Jermaine Gresham. How's that? I am pulling a name out of a hat a little bit, but you know, it's a, we just talked about matchup-based selections. This matchup is great. I mean, the Giants give up the most fantasy points to tight ends. They just gave up touchdowns to both Zach Ertz and Trey Burton, uh, as well as two other touchdowns in that game. So <laughs> they give up a lot of touchdowns. They give up a lot of touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of they, they're probably mailing it in at this point. They don't just uh, they just aren't kind to tight ends. They're they're kind to everybody. Yeah. You know, my only my only caveat would be that Jermaine Gresham missed last week's game with illness. So obviously, if he can't go, never mind. But if if Gresham can't go, I would be happy to plug in Ricky Seals Jones. Uh, the issue is just that Drew Stanton actually is going to start a quarterback for the Cardinals over the very struggling Blaine Gabbert. And in the three games Stanton has played this year, he's shown an affinity for throwing to Gresham. He has eight receptions on 13 targets for 105 yards and two touchdowns. That's in two games uh, Stanton has started. So Gresham could be a, a pretty sneaky play this week. Buyer beware. 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 Now it's time to talk about players we don't like in Week 16. Jeff, why don't you lead us off? I'm going to go with Matt Ryan, the Falcons quarterback. This, I think t- to anyone who owns him, this is probably pretty obvious. Uh, he just hasn't been the same player he was a year ago. I think this coming into this week, uh, he's showing up about 15th in a lot of expert rankings. Uh, you know, they've got a tough matchup against the Saints, and it's, sort of, it's a must-have game for them and for the Saints as well in playoff positioning, so it should be a really hard-fought game, just like their previous one was. This one's going to be in New Orleans. Um, uh, the, the rookie cornerback the Saints have, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, missed a few games due to health, but he is back now. Uh, and chances are he's going to be shadowing Julio Jones, the top target for Ryan, uh, and that Falcons offense. So I just think, you know, if you've got any other options that you can go with at the quarterback position, I would really, I would strongly consider it in this one. Uh, if you have to start him, do it. But I'm not expecting a huge output from Ryan uh, against the Saints this week. Yeah, I saw that he was the he had the tenth highest start percentage in ESPN leagues, which maybe says something about how many sort of zombie teams there are right. in ESPN leagues that people drafted him and just plugged him in the starting lineups and haven't paid attention for a while because he's just been bad. He's the QB sixteen on the season, and if you go by points per game, he's twenty third in points per game among QBs with at least seven starts. So, yeah, yeah this Woof. doesn't look yeah. In generally, he's not been good, and this doesn't look very promising for him. Uh, the guy I'm looking to shy away from this week is Marquise Goodwin. 
You know, we talked about the Jaguars' defense. It pains me to say it because Goodwin's been really good, and he's just been a great story, uh, partly for rather tragic family reasons, but he's really been getting it done with Jimmy Garoppolo. He has at least 99 yards in all three of Garoppolo's starts, 25 targets in his past two games. Even before Garoppolo went in there with C.J. Beathard, he had at least 68 yards in his last three games with C.J. Beathard. I mean, he's been the wide receiver 14 since Week 10, the wide receiver 7 since Week 13 in Garoppolo's starts. So what's not to like? Well, obviously, it's the Jags' pass defense. Right. You know, the Jags' pass defense has made appearances before in our buyer beware segment. It's really, the segment <laughs> yeah. is yeah. the guys who are playing Jacksonville this week. That's exactly. What this exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's whoever's up against the Jags' pass defense, whatever top wide receiver, don't play him because it tends not to go very well. Except, of course, when I tell people not to play T.Y. Hilton and then he scores a 40-yard touchdown pass. But whatever. Uh, but you know, the one thing you can say about the Jags' pass defense that's favorable to receivers is that they're allowing touchdowns. They've allowed six touchdowns to wide receivers over their past four games. But unfortunately, in Goodwin's case, that's just not what he does. Right. He's not a big guy. He's more of a speedster, deep threat. He has one touchdown all season on an 83-yard bomb. So not somebody Garoppolo is likely to look to in, in the red zone. So Goodwin's a pretty tough start for me this week. I think the other tough start is Jimmy Garoppolo, who's, who's been yeah. a worthy fantasy quarterback uh, 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 of the last of late in these last couple weeks, uh, but I just think y- you have to fade him if you have other options. Chances are you do because he's someone who's only been picked up recently when he was inserted into the starting lineup. I think you've got to look elsewhere. That defense, the, the corners we mentioned earlier, Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Bouye, two of the best in the NFL, both pro bowlers for the AFC. Uh, I, I really think you need to steer clear of the entirety uh, of the San Francisco passing offense. Yeah, Garoppolo, I think, has been better than a lot of people thought. And if he, t- if he, if he does well against the Jags, I mean, his rating will go to a whole other echelon, and he's going to move into maybe top five QB territory. Oh, yeah. What to watch for. <laughs> Jeff, what are you watching for this week? I'm going to look at the Raiders at Eagles on uh, Monday Night Football Christmas Edition. Yes. Uh, NFL has a couple of games going up against the NBA, so you'll have your choices uh, of which sport to watch. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, in that game, I really like both Marshawn Lynch and Michael Crabtree. They might be on sort of fringe start status for a few people in the championship matchups. I like their matchups this week against the Eagles. I'm also just really interested to see for the Eagles, Nick Foles, what does he do in Game 2? Had a huge output uh, against the Giants, which you can't really uh, – it's, it's hard to measure too much. It was kind of a fluky game with uh, how, how many points the Giants put up against what had been a, a pretty solid Eagles defense. But um, I, I just think keeping an eye on what he does, if you're playing in any like playoff fantasy leagues, uh, what can Foles do? What does that offense look like um, against a Raiders defense that's had some vulnerability? So Raiders at Eagles, that's my game of choice uh, Christmas night. Yeah, I think one thing you also need to look out for, if you have Eagles that you're relying on, is the uh, Vikings game on Saturday. Because if Minnesota loses yep. that game, if Minnesota's playing Green Bay, and if they lose for somehow, which is unlikely, but if Minnesota loses, the Eagles will have already clinched home field in the NFC playoffs before they even play on Monday. That's a great point. And so, you know, who knows? Maybe they play guys for just a half and rest them. So it'll, it'll make Eagles uh, a, a bit of a trickier start there. Um, the game I'm going to be watching... Dolphins and Chiefs. Uh, why? Why are you, you doing why? that? The, the, you know, I think there are some interesting fantasy situations <laughs> here. That's why. <laughs> I mean, you got Kenyon Drake. Is he really for real? Is he is he this good? He has at least twenty three PPR points in each of his past three games. Yeah, he's been unbelievable. Yeah, and he's, out been, of he's been great. And the Chiefs defense certainly no great shakes. Uh, we just saw Devontae Parker actually look good again for the first time in ages. Just in time to tease me ahead of next <laughs> exactly. year's draft. Yeah, if he can end the season strong, that'll you know that'll help build his case again as, a, as sort of a wide receiver two candidate next year. And then the other side of the ball, 
you know, can Alex Smith and Tyreek Hill do damage against what's suddenly become a pretty good uh, Dolphins pass defense? You know, they've allowed 238 yards and no touchdowns to wide receivers over their past three games combined. So, you know, all of a sudden a daunting task for a pass offense. And then we have Kareem Hunt. Can he finish his fantasy season with st- three strong games, just as he started it with three strong games, and make everyone forget the whole middle of the season when he was pretty much terrible? Sort of a donut fantasy season for, uh, for Kareem Hunt there. This is another game the Chiefs have to have it. Uh, th- they're not out of the woods yet. Uh, in the AFC playoff picture, so the, the way that Dolphins are. But uh, Chiefs have to show up, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if they, they have a heavy diet of Kareem Hunt in this one. Yeah, I think they'll try to use Kareem Hunt as much as possible. And that'll do it for the podcast this week. Our thanks again to Brandon, Marianne, Lee, and best of luck to everybody still playing in Week 16, especially me. <laughs> in the meantime... Good luck, Des. <laughs> thank you. That's what I needed to hear. In the meantime, you can check out all of our fantasy content at WashingtonPost.com. And absolutely feel free to hit us up on Twitter, where I am at Des Beeler. I'm at Jeff Dooley underscore. Thanks for listening. See ya. See ya.